listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? This is the Road to Omaha Podcast presented by Apollo Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Road to Omaha Pod, and you can also follow Apollo at Apollo H-O-U on Twitter. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. All the good things. Now, Des, I've got two words to start this podcast. Just two. Yeah, what's up? Hail State. That's it. That's all I have. That's that's the end of the podcast. Hail State. It, end of the podcast. I mean, look, we we knew it was your... We knew it was your birthday weekend last week, and you you know you're all fancy, and you're like, well, you know, it's my birthday week, so we said, okay, Stoney, we'll we'll make it your birthday week. And what did you get? A good old fashioned baseball rivalry, SEC play, two teams that hate each other, two fan bases that hate each other, and you come out smelling like roses. So I mean, you got to let the people know right now. How are we feeling? All right, so let, let's just rewind. Let's go back to Friday, Friday night. The nerves are kicking in. You're, you're getting excited. You're not very scared. You're just excited. We haven't seen Ole Miss and Mississippi State play baseball since 2019. We didn't get the SEC play last year. We're not getting the Governor's Cup this year. So there's no more Ole Miss-Mississippi State games to be played this year, which is a travesty. Neither here nor there. Christian McLeod takes the bump. He plays good, plays all right, five innings, I think two runs. And Gunnar Hoagland, um, let, let's talk about – Gunnar Hoagland of Ole Miss through, I believe, seven innings, had nine strikeouts. He was just fanning people left and right, and Mississippi State somehow got those two runs on him. And then things just kind of exploded in the eighth inning for Mississippi State. They got a bunch of good hits and fluky uh, hits, and then we got a sack fly and just took the lead, and the lead kept expanding. And if you didn't see the tweet on my Twitter, I tweeted the video of the catcher and the pitcher and the second baseman all going after a infield pop fly right right in front of the home plate pitcher fell over the catcher and that that just summed up that game for Ole Miss they couldn't do anything right when they had things right so Friday night good win Saturday I won't speak of it I I don't remember a game being played on Saturday Dougie Fresh one hit you guys you got to give the kid you you mean Booger Booger Nikhazy yeah you got to give the kid props no yeah one hitter he killed us in the dude one well, hit going and for, one walk. Yeah, Mississippi State's going for the series win then, and uh, he stepped up. Yeah, Ole Miss kicked her ass. They weren't getting swept. They weren't getting the, the series loss on Saturday. Props to them. They wore the red uniforms, and I think the red uniforms are the ones that they play the best in because clearly – let's not say clearly. Does Ole Miss have a powder blue problem? Because oh, I believe they have go. a powder – Three straight here Sundays where they have lost in the powder blues. Look, I'm every, everyone listening the right hard-hitting now, questions. everyone listening right now, you don't see it right now on Zoom, but Stoney's wearing his state, his state pinstripes and an old-school throwback baseball hat with his bulldog on it. So let's say the objective journalism is coming across pretty blatantly right now. I just have to ask the hard-hitting questions because that's three straight Sundays. That's their, that's their Sunday uniform. It's their Sunday best, and they went and made a TikTok and – they did. They did put it out there. And I've known, hey, I was a victim of that this week on the Astros side of things. I put a candy corn 
video out there and we lost and it was now being used against me every single day we lose with the Astros. So I understand once you put something out into the social media sphere in the world, it's going to be weaponized. So I get that. I feel your pain, Ole Miss. But hey, Ole Miss came to play again on Sunday. They they got a, a decent lead in the beginning of the game and in the uh, sixth inning, Tanner Allen, the most experienced and best hitter on Mississippi State's team. He's been there since the 2018 Miracle Omaha run and has not stopped hitting baseballs very hard and very timely situations. So it's a basis clearing triple in the sixth inning to take a three run lead and had two outs and went all the way to the gap. You can't ask for much more. And let's also talk about how Mississippi state had 34,000 people come this weekend. I think everyone, I think everyone in the state of Mississippi was at, at the dude. Like I saw a bunch of videos. I was like, uh, no mass, just vibes. Yep. The boys are playing and everyone in the state of Mississippi was in Starkville because it was, it looked like everything was back to normal. It, it was a great college baseball atmosphere. And if you haven't seen the Hill State baseball Twitter account, they put out a bunch of really good videos, the high def stuff, all the crazy good graphics and everything. And Landon Sims is walking off the field after winning his or he's saving his second game of the series and on Sunday and he's walking off, he's high fiving everybody. He's getting the crowd all pumped up and the crowd is bananas. 10,500 10, something plus people on Sunday staying late on the weekends and had to drive home afterwards and they are buzzing. The crowd is incredibly loud. There's cowbells, there's claps, there's yelling, there's smoke on the field because of all of the, all the grills in the outfield. It, it was an incredible experience. It felt like everything was normal, just like you said. And it's good to have some normalcy after this crazy year that we've just had. So for sure. Shout was, out to Mississippi State. Was at, this week in the SEC, was it just rivalry? Because we had Bama, Auburn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, was this just a scheduled, like, a, by so, happens chance? Or was this planned by the SEC? So kind of uh, SEC... I wouldn't say tradition. It just kind of happens every time they have spring football games. They're televised on ESPN. A bunch of SEC school has had theirs this weekend. And it just so happened that Ole Miss and Mississippi state, Auburn and Alabama played in baseball. And Vandy and Tennessee and Arkansas, Texas A&M. They have a little rivalry in baseball. Southwest conference. Just just in baseball. I wouldn't say as much in football, but yeah. So it was a little bit of a rivalry week. It was, it was really fun. It was a really fun weekend of baseball, and it was really fun for me because <laughs> Ole Miss frauds, frauds, no, easy. Maybe that's three straight series that they've dropped. And yeah, I understand. I, mean, I understand they played they, Arkansas and Mississippi State, and we've also called Florida frauds, and they lost to Florida. Yeah, I mean, it, they're they'll fall, they'll fall in the top ten. I mean, um, you just want to should we just run down what we what we what we saw during the week during the weekend? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, first off, the the series that we're everyone else was looking for outside of the state of Mississippi was Vanderbilt, Tennessee, right? Uh, you're, you're the questions were: Are is Vanderbilt going to bounce back? Um, are they going to drop another series, back to back series, which would be shocking for everyone? But also, again, Tennessee has been playing really damn good baseball, so it was a it was a really cool matchup. We we're all looking forward to. Rocker does his thing, you know. He bounced back on that Thursday night. Uh, Jack probably had his worst <clears throat> start 
in a Vandy uniform. Uh, went six and a third, gave up three runs and struck out 10. That's, that is his worst game in a Vanderbilt uniform. So, uh, but Chow, Tennessee, they, they jumped on the bullpen. They, they squeaked the game and then uh, Vandy won 10, four on, on Saturday. So that matchup was something we highlighted last week and we're looking forward to um, Arkansas once again, scored. A, I think they scored a billion runs this week. I, I honestly think they just, they just scored a billion runs. I, I know they dropped confirm. one. They dropped one to Texas A&M, but during the week, I think it was like 12 to 1, 26 to 1, 13 to nothing, and 2 to 1, and then lost the day 11-10. Like um, a billion runs were scored this week. Yes. Lots of home runs from Arkansas, and they, they just keep doing it to people. I understand Texas A&M, frauds. I get it but they're still in the SEC and they still got some dudes on their team. And when you're putting up 13 and 10 against those, uh, it's just so many runs. So such an explosive offense and they're, they're scary to deal with, but also their pitching can also end up giving up 10 runs. That's that's the the, weird thing. Yeah. It's fire nice. Jekyll and Hyde. That's the the one thing that stands out to me. I I know. And I can hear, I could feel all the Arkansas fans just staring at me now, but (laughs) That's the one question I have. Their record is 30 and six. They are a very damn good baseball team. But if there's no pitching, and I say no pitching, that if they get into a supers where they're just trying to slugfest a team where when they, they shouldn't make it to Omaha, um, you can't you can't fall back on the strategy of just a slugfest. Like pitching wins championships and do they have it? Do they have enough of it to get to where they want to be in dogpiling in Omaha? That's a legitimate question we have to ask. Yes, they're 30 and six. Yes, they're blowing teams out. Yes, they're putting up a billion runs. But when you're in Omaha, every team is capable of beating that team across uh, the dugout from you because they're all talented. Um, and if one sneaks into the tournament, they're probably probably one of the hottest teams in the country. So, yeah, just because their record isn't 30 and six or whatever it is at that time, if a lower regional team makes it that means they're playing really damn good baseball because they just went on a run so um the strategy of a slugfest game and you know hell in a month and a half time we could have this conversation and i can be eating you know having egg on my face because arkansas won the national championship 20 to 2 and 101 like that's very capable with his offense so it's just something we got to monitor i think um going forward in this last third of the season quarter of the season yeah and we talked about it last week they were up what 11 11 nothing on Ole Miss on Sunday yeah and they they won 18 to 14 but when you're up 11 runs there's no reason for your pitching staff to give up 14 runs there's no reason for that but moving on I will say props to Tennessee they got they got destroyed by Kumar Rocker it happens that's fine you touched up Jack Leiter as much as you could touch up Jack Leiter and you got a win out of it and then you lost 10 to 4 on Sunday there's no shame in losing to Vanderbilt this season. They're a wagon. No, no issue there. Louisville looked fine. I don't know. They lost Friday night against Virginia, a Virginia team that's not great. Nah, I, I, they're fine. I, I don't. I don't really understand the ACC. I don't care to talk about them because they're boring. One other than Notre Dame because they hit a billion home runs as well. But other than that, ACC is kind of boring. Yeah. And it, I... <sighs> We, we say it every week. It's, it's like Louisville. Uh, uh, it's just, what's going on? What's going on, sweetie? I don't I don't know what team's going to show up. I really don't. 
and they could get hot and make a run, but I just I can't I can't buy into them. I yep. want to, like I feel like I want to buy into Louisville, but I just can't. Like every time they win, it's like, meh. Yeah, yeah you should have done that. And then their losses happen, and you're like, that was ugly. There, there's no reason for you to lose eight to seven to Virginia on a Friday night. Friday night, you should take every week in the you ACC. You should take every, every, every single Friday night if you're Louisville in the ACC. And granted, they won nine to five and eight to two the other two games, but everybody else is putting up a billion runs. Where, where are your billion runs? I don't know. There's no shutouts. There's, they're not very close, but they're not just meh. Just very meh. Yeah, and just a completely average top twenty-five team, but they just happen to be number seven. ACC weird. Get out. Get out <laughs> of my weird. face. It's just weird. Yeah, and then um, someone, can't remember who it was, was tweeting at the Rodo Omaha Podcast Twitter, if you haven't followed it, at Rodo Omaha Pod, about how LSU should still be a problem this year for opposing teams. Wow. After their Friday night win in South Carolina, and then they were up two to nothing on Saturday. He tweeted me that, and then they lost four to two. And then they lost on Sunday, nine to nothing. LSU, not a problem. Frauds, get out of my face. Yeah, LSU, I mean, there's some questions down in the bayou, and I think there's going to be some hard questions asked and some answers that um, people may not want to hear down there. So I don't know. It's not good baseball down in the bayou. Um, Their team's young. They lost their staff ace, like Jaden Hill. He's out for the season. Tommy John. Their team is literally freshmen and sophomores, and that's no excuse for a lot of other teams. They have a lot of freshmen and sophomores, and they're out here doing things. LSU happen to not be doing things, and that's I just it's fine. But I saw LSU, and I was actually at the College Classic last year, the last weekend before everything got shot down, and I saw LSU play Texas and LSU shove. And I was like, wow, this team is capable of making a run to Omaha. This LSU team is bigger, stronger, faster than this Texas team. And I saw them play out the tournament. They just look great at the college classic. And then one year later, we're having these conversations and yes, Hill's down for the year. And yeah, they've had shown brilliance that we expected from them, but that was only a little glimpse of it. The rest of it's been bad baseball. And it's just shocking because we always think of LSU as a perennial Omaha team, a, a perennial powerhouse. And um, to not see that translate this year, it's it's tough. And so some hard questions may need to be asked. So we'll see. Yeah, and obviously, like I said, they're young. They lost their staff ace. They're going to be okay next year. This year, Everyone's young. Everyone's young. And everybody's old. The problem is LSU is not old. They don't have these fifth-year, sixth-year, seventh-year guys. Like Mississippi State has a seventh-year guy on their team. I don't know how that's even possible, but we're, he's there. We're just living, baby. L-I-V-I-N. He's a four just more living. years. Four more <laughs> years. Like So all these people – there's a lot of teams that are very old that also have these young studs on there, and LSU has these young studs. They're just not very experienced, and they're playing SEC baseball, and there happens to be fans in the stands this year, and things well, are crazy. Has them fire. Yeah. And I will say – LSU coach talking about how the fans were brutal and how they're mean and they're they're calling out their players and all that. Have you been to an LSU game? I know. Ever? I, I, I saw that and I was like, uh, we gotta have some uh there's perception and then there's reality. Like, come on now. So so brutal. I can't believe he 
even tried that because everyone online that is not an SEC fan was like, are you kidding me? There's no way. LSU is the one of the toughest places to go play baseball, football, basketball, whatever. The people in the as Bayou, it should be, as it should be. Yes, but people in the Bayou coach, are mean. You, you can't, you can't be, you can't be bitching and complaining, man. Can't. Yeah. It's rough. So LSU, figure it out next year because we're not talking about you anymore. Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, our Diamond Dogs. Diamond Dogs. Woo-hoo-hoo. They went two and two against Southern Miss. I'm a little sad about that. I don't like Southern Miss. They're a little brother to Mississippi State. But Southern Miss played really good baseball. And that whole series, 4-3, to 5-3, to 12-11, to 7-6. Only one game was not a one-run game. There was yeah, multiple it was walk-offs. A, it was it, crazy. It was a war. It was an absolute war. It was great baseball to watch. And Louisiana Tech, did you see the, uh, the walk-off today? I did. On Sunday? I did see it. started doing the airplane around second base. Look, when you have you have a series like this where every game is contested and goes down to the wire, like to see that emotion on Sunday after a walk off, like one, you're probably exhausted. I bet both both teams on both sides are just like we're both exhausted. Let's just go home. Let's go back to our locker room. Let's get on the bus. Let's let's get out of here. And then you look at the schedule and like fuck, we split two and two. Like it feels like we just played a hundred games and it was just an even stalemate. And it, like you said, it was really good baseball. Yeah. So our diamond dogs, two and two, not, not the best record, but great baseball. Nonetheless. Yeah. You know who else is uh, right behind them at number 15? Look, I mean, the university should be lining up for the road to Omaha pod and for me and you to, to back these schools because if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Oregon and Louisiana Tech were both in the top 15 right next to each other and that we back them, I wouldn't be like, yeah, of course. They're backed by us. They got a little sprinkle of gold. They got to sprinkle the Road Omaha pod magic on them. And, you know, I'm excited. They've both been playing really good baseball. Yeah, Oregon, they got touched up a little bit on Friday night, 9-5 to against USC and came back with a 13-4 and 7-5 win on Saturday and Sunday. So our Ducks, they're quacking along. They're just piddle pa- paddling. Quack. 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 We're going all Quack. Ball, baby. Yeah. Go Ducks. Love you guys. Send us some gear. It'd be great. Um, Arizona, what happened on Friday night? That's tough. Three touchdowns. We, yeah. We we tweeted from the, from the Road Omaha pod, and Washington State, their Twitter account was – loving it absolutely loving it didn't really show up after that no not in the slightest because <laughs> arizona got them 13 and 8 and then 14 to 8 for the series win but they'll always have friday night that that's what i love about college baseball is that there's these absurd scores put up and it happens to be a team that hasn't really won a game this year and another team that happens to be ranked in the top 25 so arizona Congrats on uh, Saturday and Sunday for figuring it out. But Friday night, still very funny to me, 21 to 2. When did Virginia Tech get in the top 25? Did I miss this? Were they there last week? I don't remember. Well, they, ACC. ACC, again. Stop it, please. Because Virginia Tech at number 17 has now dropped the series and lost their midweek to Liberty. They lost their series to Georgia Tech, who was also a fraud. Who is probably now going to be back in the top 25 to replace Virginia Tech 
because the ACC is a just a wheel of fortune. You win a series, you're in the top 25. That's that's that apparently is is what's happening now with the ACC. I don't like it. Honestly, I I think that rotating door between 20 and 25 is just going to be chaos down the stretch. Because if you if you're in the in that range and you drop a series, you're gone. The voters are not going to keep you in. And if you're on the fringe and the outside looking in, you may just potentially jump into the top 20 because it's just kind of bananas. I think the voters are like us right now. There's like so much baseball going on. And we don't know how to weight it because every team's it seems like every team has 20 wins and every team has 10 guys that are hitting over 300 and another 15 guys with a, like 25 home runs. And I just think the voters are just like, uh, yeah, let's just keep the, you know, 18 to 25 range rotating door. If you win a weekend, you're in. If you lose a weekend, you're out. Yeah, I said it about earlier in the season. Like when that happens, a team has a bad weekend, they drop out. Another team has a good weekend, they come in. It's a, it's a revolving door. We're more than halfway over the season, and it's still a revolving door. That's how crazy college baseball has been this season, and I don't understand it. But let's also talk about number 21, 22, and 23. Charlotte, Old Dominion, and Indiana State. Ever think they were going to be in the top 25 this season? Uh, no, I honestly no. Like you would have, you could have told me that. I'd have been like, yeah, don't believe you, man. But here we are. Here we are, April 18th, and we're late in the season. We're we're down to the last third. And Charlotte, Old Dominion, Indiana State. I mean, hell, I want them. They may be my next three teams. I don't know. I may want an Omaha this year of just like Vandy, Texas, Charlotte, Old Dominion, Indiana State, Oregon, and Louisiana State. I just want pure chaos. Like, give me, give me, I want to see Lighter and Rocker in the biggest stage. I also want to see my horns, obviously. But the other teams, oh, we'll throw your Mississippi. Look, I already know your Mississippi State Bulldogs, whatever. We'll throw the Bulldogs. But the other slots, they'll lose after three games. But the other slots, I want chaos. Give me chaos. And, and and not in the sense that I don't want that to happen to Texas because it just seems like that just always happens to me. It's just Texas is back. No, it's not. Texas is going to make a run in the March Madness. Abilene Christian happens. Like, so I'm not getting my hopes up for the number three team in the country that we didn't even talk about. We don't have to because they didn't play anyone this week. But I just want pure chaos in Omaha. Of course. I, I'm team chaos in any in every situation in life, sports, everything. I want chaos everywhere because it's more fun to watch it's more fun to be a part of chaos so yeah if we get indiana state and la tech and oregon in there let's let's get weird let's party so i saw something on twitter a few weeks ago during march madness yada 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 basketball college basketball is better than every other sport it's not the tournament is probably the best postseason and other than that college basketball kind of actually sucks someone was saying that that's a bad take that's a bad take i won't agree with you on that it, it's um, harder to watch, but they were saying in college basketball, you get the unpredictable meter. So like this team that's a 16 seed could end up being in the final four and it's chaos and everybody loves it. They're saying about football, you don't get the best football, but you get the best teams. And that I can understand that, but I'm in on straight chaos and putting these Indiana States, Old Dominions teams that you could have listed the hundred teams. And I would have been you would like, never yeah, list, yeah. I'd, I'd see them in the top 25 at some point. And you would list these three teams. I'd have been like, no, I Absolutely don't see not. them in the top 25 at any point during the season. And here they are, all three of them. Look, I think the purest, the purest college setup for a championship is college baseball, right? You have, you have regionals, you have your 
you're, if you're listening and, and you're just supporting us and you don't really know, or you're just a fan of baseball and you're just now listening to college baseball because, because of this podcast, thank you for one. But so at the end of the year, there'll be, uh, I guess we could talk about a bit, but the NCAA are having specific regional sites. Usually it's a, it's a national seed that hosts um, at their field and they have four teams there. It's a, double elimination tournament the winner of that regional plays another winner of another regional and they call that the super regionals it's the best of three the winner of that goes to omaha where then it's a double elimination tournament from all the super regional winners uh this year's gonna be a little different because the ncaa due to covid are, are picking spots to have the regionals hosted so there's gonna be a, a interesting dilemma if a say our say east carolina east carolina gets a, a top national seed say uh, Texas, Texas Tech beat each other up and they start falling. Uh, Tennessee falls out. Louisville doesn't show up. And now East Carolina is a, a top eight team in the country and they are expecting and would get a regional in a non-COVID uh, year. And now they have to travel to North Carolina. North Carolina is now hosting the regional. When you host a regional and both our programs that we back and support – have done it and it's it's a big deal because you have your guys that are comfortable playing at home one they have the home crowd it's going to be packed and you have your own lockers and now that if it's going to be a, a situation and i hope the ncaa figures it out they have enough time on their hands to, to do this but it's going to be interesting if you have an east carolina have to go play as a one seed play in a regional at a neutral site at let's just say north carolina and um what happens then? Like that takes the magic out of a run. Like a team has to readjust because they don't have their fans. They don't have, and obviously the fans will travel, but you're not playing at your home field that, you know, and you work for. So um, that's one thing I'm be really interested to see how the NCAA um, works out. Yeah. I was really upset when I saw that for the first time, when Kendall Rogers tweeted out from D one baseball, um, Mississippi state counts on the regional and the super regional nearly every year for a lot of revenue for the city of Starkville. I don't live in Starkville anymore. I went, I lived there for two and a half years. Starkville doesn't necessarily have the biggest place in my heart, but the school Mississippi state does. And the people of Starkville are incredible. They're nice. And a lot of these people count, like they own businesses, they own restaurants and all this stuff. And they count on this revenue coming in from tens and hundreds of thousands of people coming for regionals and super regionals every summer. And then they got football in the fall. That's about it. That's that's where their revenue is coming from year in and year out. And if the NCAA, if Mississippi State was a national seed, they have the biggest stadium. They have the most up-to-date stadium, I believe. Like, if they're not hosting a regional or a super regional, it's, it's a travesty by the NCAA because if you're trying to get more people to come watch the state or watch the sport of baseball, put them in the biggest stadiums the biggest college stadiums and let those teams host. If they're not hosting, they, they shouldn't have to hold that in their stadium. Like the teams that are hosting should host it because those cities are counting on it. Not just the teams, not, not the coaches, not the the players, the community benefits from this because tens of thousands of people come to watch baseball. You have three other programs coming to your city, to, to, to your town. Like, and I get that NCAA is trying to be COVID compliant, but Every team has had different COVID protocols this season. Mississippi State, no masks, just vibes. Yeah. Texas is at 25% when you went. 
Uh, I think they just jumped up to 40. It's but it's slowly going up. Everyone Jeez. else is. It's all scattered. Like Every school has their own rules. So if the NCAA wants to do COVID restrictions and whatnot, they should have done that at the beginning of the season. So yeah. we're not in shock in the middle of the season in Mississippi State and Starkville's all pissed off because, hey, we're probably going to get a regional. We might get a super regional. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating, to say the least. And NCAA never fails to frustrate each and every one of us that loves college sports. So NCAA, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I, I just don't know uh, this far out why they would say that. I think behind the scenes, you just kind of navigate um, and, and try to, to try to make it to your best abilities. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I do want to touch on one one series, and it was a series that we, we were really – uh, okay, is this a are you for real or not series? I think that's what we labeled it as, and it was TCU Oklahoma State. Yep. Um, damn good baseball. It was a it was a sweep by the Horn Frogs, who are just in the driver's seat now in the Big Twelve. Yes, Texas is number three in the country. Yes, Texas Tech is number eight in the country, but TCU has Oklahoma State and Tech in the rearview mirrors now. Only only team they have in front of them is Texas, and they had Oklahoma State at home this weekend and won nine to eight, won eight to seven, and then twelve to six. And so, and if you haven't seen it, we we posted some clips. It was just absolutely electric in Fort Worth. It was. I know our, our boy BDC was is a big Oklahoma State fan, and he was sending us updates throughout. And I, I thought the last update, I thought I thought Oklahoma State it took the first two games because I was streaming, I was doing Astro stuff, I was doing all these other things, running around with my head cut off. And I, the last update I saw was like, oh, shit, Oklahoma State, you know, took the lead late. Okay. And then the next day, I, the same the same t- tweet from BDC, I was like, oh, shit, Oklahoma State took another one. Wow. You know, late fashion. And then today I'm sitting here doing, you know, research and prep across the top 25. I'm like, oh, shit, TCU actually squeaked out the first two. And they're winning this game now, you know, uh, 12 to 6. So it was a hell of a weekend for the Horn Frogs, and uh, Shawsnagel has his boys uh, rolling in Fort Worth. Yeah, we talked about it two weeks ago. TCU was rolling. They, yeah. they had a hiccup. They had a little bump in the road against Texas Tech. But, hey, when you play good opponent, opponents and you, you lose, it happens. It happens. Vandy lost last week. They didn't really yeah. play a good opponent, but whatever. Um, TCU, yeah, they're rolling. They're looking really good. And like you said, they've got all the hard teams in the Big 12 out of the way except for Texas. Yeah, Texas has all of the hard teams left in the Big Twelve, basically. In front of them, their so, season, their season is this month. I mean, not even this month. This next three weeks. I mean, they got Oklahoma State coming up this weekend at Stillwater. Oklahoma State just got swept. Um, they're coming back home. They're gonna be pissed off. They have a chip on their shoulder, so that's gonna be an exciting matchup. Uh, then they have Texas Tech in Austin, and then the following weekend they have TCU in Fort Worth. So. Yes, Texas number three in the country. Yes, Texas is back. They're 30 and eight. They've been, they won 13 games in a row. Uh, they've been playing really damn good baseball, but the whole season is still in front of them. And that's why I'm not getting my hopes up um, because the three programs they got to play uh, for the eight, another Big 12 championship are three teams that are capable of taking series. These, these teams are not to be slept on. These teams and programs know how to win, they've been winning. And uh, it's going to be a dogfight. And that seemed, that's kind of exhausting. Uh, I, I, I don't think uh, when you look at the schedule beginning of the season, you have these games and these matchups circled. And then you, when you see them three weekends in a row, at the end of the season, 
before you get in the playoffs. That's, uh, you know, if, if you get tripped up, it could be really, really tiresome going into, into the playoffs. So hopefully they can, they can string some keep string good baseball together because I think they're on a 13, uh, 13 game win streak. Yeah. It's a, it's a daunting task of, of course, because Mississippi state last year before COVID hit, they had that same kind of thing. The last three weekends they were on the road and they're playing really good opponents and it's terrifying. You see that on schedule. You're like, they can just survive those three weeks. That's what you're hoping. Yeah. If you, you can win one, you lose one, and then whatever happens in the third one happens, you know? But Texas is a really good team. They, they're hitting a lot of home runs lately. A lot of home runs lately. Ty Madden's over here hitting 99 on his fastball in the first inning. Look, no one's talking about Ty. And I think the the top baseball minds are, but when you think the top arm's coming out, of this year's draft, it's it's all rocker and lighter. And Ty's a staff ace. He's touching 99. He's got dirty stuff. His arsenal is plus-plus. Um, this may be my biasness, but in a big game, give me Ty Madden against anyone in the country. There, I said it. Give me Ty Madden on the bump in a must-win game over anyone. Look, I don't hate it because Mississippi State beat him in the first game of the season. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he grew from that. I think no, he definitely did. I think he realized that hey, I gotta compete. I just can't roll out of bed um, against these teams, and and that was a rough weekend for Texas. I mean, literally, that was fifty percent of their losses in that first week, and um, to see what they've done. But I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this next three weeks uh, with their season and the Big Twelve. You know, Big Twelve baseball is now rounding into form with these matchups. Um, but I guess Tony, I have one question for you, bro. Do we owe the University of Florida an apology? No, they played Missouri. <laughs> Quite. They simply. did beat Florida State. They okay. did beat Florida State midweek. I know we say midweeks don't count. Mm, yeah. Okay. During the we'll ACC, we'll do they count? It. We'll table it. Do they count? We'll, ta- we'll table it. Okay. Just wanted to put it out there. I agree. They it's... they looked better this week. Yeah. And props sure. to Florida for looking better. You still only beat Missouri eight to five, eight to six, six to four. Still three really close games against a Missouri program. That's not good. There is quite uh, frankly. The one thing we haven't talked about at, at all is the Stanford Cardinal, and they've quietly been putting a really good season together. They're they're twenty in the country. Um, they took a road series at Arizona State, and they're just twenty two and seven, eight and four in the Pac twelve, and it's kind of slowly, slowly uh, going to work. Yeah, the, the Pac-12 is tough because everybody focuses on the SEC and the Big 12. That's included. Yeah, That's where sure. the best the best baseball is, and they're all playing at our that. Yeah, and they're playing baseball at our times. Like 7 o'clock on Friday night, you're done by 10, and you can go to sleep. Saturday afternoon baseball, 2 o'clock, done by 5, have, have a good dinner, go out and have some drinks, go to sleep. Yeah. Pac-12 doesn't start until 9, 10, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. Like, people aren't staying up to watch it. And the Pac-12 makes it nearly impossible to watch any college baseball anyway. Pac-12 I network mean, I- is offered slimly. Like, it, it's tough to watch Pac-12 baseball. And it's frustrating because we want to watch it. But, I mean, look at this. It's very hard to find. Everyone listening probably hasn't even paid attention other than our Oregon propaganda. But Oregon State. Oregon, Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, Arizona State. They're all separated by one game. 
Hey, we got 10 and 5, 8 and 4, 7, 4, 8 and 6, 9 and 6, 8 and 7. Um, coming down the stretch, this last third of the season, uh, that's going to be really good baseball. Like, yeah. for a Pac-12 championship, for seeding, for jockeying position for the tournament, uh, these teams are going to go to war, and I'm excited to see that. Because at the beginning of the season, I think everyone had Arizona and UCLA on their radars and Oregon State. Those were yeah. the three Pac-12 teams that everybody was going to pay attention to. Everyone was kind of knew that they were going to come in and they were going to be pretty good. They had a chance to be top 10 national seeds, whatever. And we didn't see that from all three of those teams. All three of those teams aren't what we expected them to be. And we're sitting here, and like you said, we got Stanford, we got Oregon, Arizona. Like, there's some good teams. Yeah. But is there a great team amongst the, that pack in the Pac-12? That's that's the real question, and I think we're going to find it out here in the next couple of weeks. Whoever takes the Big 12 or Pac-12, they're going to have a real shot at Omaha. I really think so. I think there's some really good baseball being played out there. USC is even pretty good, and they're, they haven't been ranked all season, and they've been playing a lot of really good baseball. They just haven't strung it together, I guess. But, yeah, Pac-12 is fun, and no one talks about it because – they live on the other side of the country and it's like a whole nother world on the West coast. Cause most people don't live on the West coast, but yeah, for sure. Pac 12. Let, let me stream your games. That's, that's all I ask. Put yeah, it on ESPN, can, get a deal, get a deal done. SEC has it. Big 12 also do it, please make things much easier. Just put everything on the ESPN plus app. Let me only have one subscription for once. Be great. But coming up next, we're going to talk about our players of the week and the biggest series of next week. And welcome back to the Road to Omaha pod presented by Apollo Media. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe again. Tell your mom to subscribe. Tell your dad to subscribe. Tell everyone you know to subscribe. College baseball is here for everyone, and we're going to bring it here every week. Now, Des, we had some really good players this week. Really good players. Great teams, great, great players, great college baseball all around. Lots of stats, lots of home runs, lots of strikeouts, lots of no hits. Actually, just one no hit. So my first player of the week, Alec Jacob of Gonzaga. He had a no hitter on Saturday. Only two walks and 12 strikeouts, one hit batter. Look, dude, as we said, every week in and week out, you throw a no hitter, you're getting on this list one way or another as an honorable mention or, or that guy near the guy player of the week and to strike out 12 while also throwing 124 pitches in college and throwing a no hitter. It's an easy, it's an easy player of the week choice. And it happens every week test every week. We have another no hitter and there's another guy on this list deservingly. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, we did, there was none, there was one more, there was one more no hitter. There was another no hitter. Yeah, Mr. Elliot Carney from Wolford against UNC Greensboro. Nine innings. It's not a sexy – look, it's not a sexy stat line. But at the end of the day, it goes down as a no-hitter. Nine innings pitch, three walks, seven strikes out, seven strikeouts. A win is a win, and you're on the list. Like we said, if you throw a no-no, you're, you're on the list. It's happening. That's someone we have, we have to mention. I, I don't care. It's UNC Greensboro. You're on the, you're on the mound. 
for nine innings against a D1 program and go no hitter. We're going to highlight you. Simple as that. Those are some of my favorite ones when someone throws a no hitter, but also walked eight people and didn't allow a run. Those are my yeah. favorite thing. Absolutely. Cause you know, I mean, he had a pitch out of, out of some, some jams that he caused himself. So. so yeah, no hitter gang. Welcome back. Cause you're probably going to be back next week. So it's like, it's not even like, it's, it's incredible that these guys are throwing no hitters, but it's, it's just like, Oh yeah, there was two no hitters this weekend. Oh, oh yeah. Next weekend, there's probably going to be three, maybe one. Like we're going to have another no hitter next weekend. It's oh, just, sure. it is what it is at this point. And since this is the Homer episode of uh, Stoney, my, my second player of the week, Tanner Allen, I should have picked him last week Had nine ribbies against uh, Auburn. He was hitting triples. He's hitting doubles, homers left and right. Most experienced hitter on Mississippi state. He had the basis clearing triple in the sixth inning today against Ole Miss on Sunday. And to take the seven to four lead is the series winning hit. Basically it was with two outs, two strikes. I mean, there's not, there's not much else I can say. He's, he's the best hitter all around at Mississippi state. Everyone on campus loves him. Everyone in Starkville loves him. It's the Homer episode. I know he beat Ole Miss for us basically today. I'm done talking about it. Build the statue already, man. Just build, build the statue at your house. Um, I might. My, my next player of the week uh, is Mr. Dougie fresh from Ole Miss. Went nine innings, one hit, two walks, 12 strikeouts, and a win. Gross. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but you don't have to apologize because that's disgusting. He Mississippi State is a, is a top, top, top program. We know that. The, the, the one through three is interchangeable with these programs. When you can do that to this offense, strike out 12 over nine, only give it one knock, that, that's a, that is a – I'm tipping my cap to you. Like, that's a great, great start. Like, so, Dougie Fresh, uh, what was that? What was his – how do you say his last name? Nikhazy. Nikhazy, yeah. Doug Nikhazy. I call him Dougie Fresh. That's what we, yeah. that's what we call each other. Um, he calls me Desi Fresh. I call him Dougie Fresh. It's 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 cool. We're buds. buds it's buds. mutual. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, anytime you I, do that to a top five team and make them look like they, they, they're little leaguers playing against MLB players, like, yeah. You're completely deserving of that. Not a no hitter. Uh, Not a no, no hitter, hitter, thankfully, because that would have been brutal. I would have been so nervous going into Sunday if we got no hit and blinked. It was it was a rough Saturday, I will say. Nine to nothing. Not great. But it doesn't matter because they won the series. But yeah, nine innings, zero, zero runs against the top program and a rivalry weekend on the road. Completely deserving of that player of the week spot. Des, you got any more? I got two, uh, two hitters, Evan, Evan Russell from Tennessee against Vandy three for three, three runs, six RBIs, three tanks. Yeah, that'll do donkey. And my last guy, uh, we'll go out West. Mr. Kevin Kendall from UCLA four for five, two runs, seven stakes, a triple and two tanks against Utah. Um, yeah. Good day at the office there, B. Yeah, like we said, every week there's a no-hitter, and every week there's a guy that hits three home runs. It, it's just tradition at this point. Road to Omaha Pod has possessed some college if baseball you ball players. Out, if you ball out, we're, we're going we're gonna to highlight you. Simple as that. Simple it, as that. You ball out, we're mentioning you. Yeah, and Road to Omaha keeps calling out these people for doing the same kind of stats. It's just a different person every week. 
So, I mean, it could be you next week. If you're listening to this, if you go to Oregon, you go to Vanderbilt, you go to Texas Tech. It could be Diamond Dog. Except for the ACC. It doesn't happen in the ACC. I don't they, know oh, why. Okay. I'm sorry. On. Hold on. There was one Miami player this week. Oh. Can touch, we talk can about touch, that tweet? Let's, let's, yes, you got it. The floor is yours. We have to talk about it. All right. So, let's just scrolling along. Was it Friday or Saturday night? It's I'm Friday it up night. right now. Friday night. And I saw a baseball leave the atmosphere. It was in Miami. There's palm trees in the background. There's a park, a parking garage. It's like five stories tall. And a ball went over it. Like I shit you not, it went on top of the parking garage, probably over it. I tweeted it went to the shores of Cuba. Yeah. Miami, the University of Miami, Hurricanes baseball, Canes baseball Twitter account. Retweeted it. Not a big deal. Miami, send us a care package for Domahapod. You, totally you know charged. where to find us. You retweeted us. It's it's fine. But he sent that ball onto the top of the parking garage. Insane. And the cool thing was, there's fans. There's fan, and, and we'll quote. We'll put the tweet uh, underneath the the post when we we go live with this podcast. There's a fan that like runs runs it down on top of the uh, top of the parking garage, like you're there with your buds you probably got some cold drinks a little friday night action a little miami clemson a little acc matchup both teams hate each other whatever it's always it's always spring break in coral gables we talked about this and then this cat decides to put one into orbit and you're 500 feet away and you're just like i'm i'm never gonna get a ball up here never in my life and by the sixth inning there's one in your face and in your lap so uh pretty cool four four layers deep of the parking garage an absolute mammoth home run it is if you're an astros fan listen to this Jordan when he hit one into the third deck in minute made they made the seat and everything it was very similar to that except for god callus was not the guy calling it so yeah. that was the only difference really it, it, a piss missile is all it was that's all it was it was a piss missile um but moving on next week We've got four pretty good matchups. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good matchups. That's all it is because college baseball, that's what we're here for. We're here for chaos and we're here for the pretty good matchups. ACC, we're going to highlight you, I guess. Um, number 19, Pitt at number seven, Louisville. I, I don't even know what to think about the ACC anymore because I'm so confused every week. Every week I think it can't get any worse and somehow it does. And then someone gets better and I'm like, oh, that that's the ACC team. And then... The next week, they're not the ACC team. They lose, and they're out of the top 25. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to take Louisville in this situation. I'm, I'm going with my gut. I think they're the best ACC team. I could be completely wrong, and the Rodomaha curse on the ACC continues, and Louisville sucks, and Pitt beats them, and then they're in the top 10 again. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going Louisville. Um, yeah, I'm going to do the same. Um. I don't have any confidence saying Louisville's going to win. I don't, not at all. I, before we kind of dive into it, do we do we have our records from last week? For Louisville? Yeah. And Louisville was 2-1. and one. They lost the opener to Virginia when the next two. Pittsburgh was 3-1. and one. They uh, beat North Carolina the first two games, dropped the, the last one, 10-9. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Louisville. Don't don't feel 
Don't feel great, but let's do yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. ACC baseball. Get get amped. Great times. Moving on. Number one, Arkansas. At number 11, currently, South Carolina. There won't be 11 tomorrow. They'll probably still be ranked, but whatever. Um, South Carolina, they've had a couple of really good series, and then they've had equally terrible series on the other end. So are, are we getting the good South Carolina this weekend? Are we getting the bad South Carolina? It's hard to say. They played LSU. They looked really good in the last game, nine to nothing. Um, I don't know. They were hitting a lot of home runs at the beginning of the season. They're not so much anymore. Arkansas is hitting all of the home runs, just all of them. They're all leaving the ballpark. I'm going Arkansas. It's an easy pick because they hit more home runs than the other team. That's Look, that's I'm, it. I don't I don't even have to hesitate. Arkansas. Arkansas is just until they're not putting up a billion runs every single week. I'm just picking Arkansas blindly. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter who's pitching right now because they took Ole Miss yard a billion times. Who has two incredible arms, and then they destroyed Mississippi State, which had the best pitching staff in the nation at that time. Um, yeah, they hit home runs, and they hit them very far, and they hit a lot of them. So Arkansas, easy pick at South Carolina next week. Moving on, we got your Texas Longhorns at number three, going to Oklahoma State, who's currently number 13. Won't be number 13, but I'm going You could Texas, say it. Texas I, is back. I'm going Texas. Look, I literally thought you were going to go Oklahoma State. <laughs> it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough matchup. I don't have a lot of confidence saying Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, they're the number three team in the country. Um, yeah, they won 13 in a row. Um, Ty Madden's throwing 100 miles an hour on Friday nights. Um, it's it's a show-me series. It's another show-me series. Uh, Oklahoma State is in it as well. They just got swept by TCU, three tough games, uh, where games they were leading and they came back and they let it slip away. So losing a series like that's always tough. They're coming back home. Stillwater is going to be bumping. Um, they packed the stadium when Vanderbilt came into town. I, I just think that place is going to be a, a rocket slammer. If Texas escapes with a series win, I'll be shocked, but I'm going with my teams. I'm going with my horns. Texas is back. Texas over Oklahoma State. Yeah, you, you seem a little nervous, which is I'm surprising. A, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Because I feel very confident that Texas is going to win, which could be a complete disaster for you. I have no idea. But I feel like Oklahoma State is that team that was supposed to be very, very good in the SEC and is is not, really. Yeah. They're, they're not being that Big 12 team that we expected them to be. Um, it, it's mainly just Texas and Texas Tech. TCU is on the come up. They're, they're right on that tier, right? right below their tier, I guess. And Oklahoma State is another tier below TCU. I just, I don't have a lot of faith in them after last weekend. They couldn't win the close ones and good teams win close games. So it is what it is. Oklahoma State, you're not a bad team. You're just not a great team. That's all it is. So I'm, I'm taking Texas. You're taking Texas. So we're all squared away on this. And uh, heading into this last series that I've got highlighted, my number four Mississippi State Bulldogs are heading to the number two team, Vanderbilt in Nashville. I'm a little nervous. Des, you I'm, a be li- nervous. I'm a little nervous. nervous. But if, if you do what you do, this could be the springboard to a national championship run. I'll say it. 
I'll say it for you. You don't have to say it because you're nervous. But if you do the unexpected, we can look back when the confetti falls on the ground and then the, the boys are getting off the dog pile that this was the series that springboarded them to a natty run. So back in 2018, a little story time. 2018 Mississippi State Bulldogs, bad team, average team. 500 halfway through the season. Literally died on the field, basically, against Vanderbilt during the regular season. It was a miserable game, end of spring break. No one was there. No one cared. The team was bad. Mississippi State they did a little miracle run. Through the, through the regionals, through Florida State and Tallahassee and Oklahoma. They go to the Super Regionals at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, pretty good team, pretty good team. They were like the number two overall seed. They're, they're stacked. They're, they're killing people left and right. No confidence. I have zero confidence going to that. I'm like, wow, it was very good of this very bad Mississippi State team to make it to the Super Regional. Very proud of them. Yeah, they walked them off once, and then they – had hit a go-ahead run in the 11th inning of the third game to advance to Omaha in Vanderbilt. I have very fond memories of this stadium in Nashville, and obviously I'm going to take my Mississippi State Bulldogs because I cannot go against them. It's probably against my religion. I'm not really sure. haven't fact-checked that yet before. <laughs> um, but I'm going Mississippi State just because I think they're coming off of a good weekend. Not a great weekend, a good weekend. They didn't look spectacular at times, but they looked decent, and they won the close games against Ole Miss, a very good team. Vanderbilt's another beast. But all it you got to do beast. all you got to do, is be either Kumar or Jack Leiter, and anything can happen on Sunday. So look, I'm going state. Look, everything lines up for Mississippi State. They're finally getting a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. We've talked about does Vanderbilt have a Sunday problem? If you sneak one, this one from Rocker and Lighter, then you put the test of the Road to Omaha pod hypothesis and theory and thesis. Like, honestly, I may write a doctrine on this because is it write a doctrine, do a doctrine, whatever it is. Um, Big doctor over here. Vanderbilt have a Sunday problem. But we can't answer that unless you split one of the two and you're not going to beat Jack Ladder and you're not going to beat Rocker. So uh, I'm taking I'm taking Vandy. Sorry, partner. No, I completely understand. I'm not mad about that in any way, shape, or form. I would have been mad last week because it was Ole Miss. But, yeah, Vanderbilt's the team to beat. They have the two, two of the best four arms in college baseball. There's a lot of really good arms this year. Pitchers are crazy. And – they have all the hype. All of it. But Georgia showed that you can walk into Nashville and you can beat that team. Georgia is not Mississippi State. They are two very different Bulldogs this season, and it gives me hope. doesn't give me a lot of hope, but it gives me hope. And I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. That's, that's all it is. I'm very nervous because it, it – eh. It doesn't really matter if we lose the series, if we're being completely honest, because we have a bunch of easy weekends after this. We don't have another hard, like super hard SEC team after this. But you know how nice it'd be if Mississippi State walked into Nashville and beat Vanderbilt again? Mm. 2018 all over again. I'd love to see it. A couple of walk-offs, go-ahead runs in the 11th. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm going with my dogs. I'm rooting 
I'm going to go in on Friday night and hope for the best. That's that's all it is. Because they did touch up Rocker in the College World Series in 19. Got a few home runs off of them. Same players are here. So you, I don't know. You just got to split. You got to split Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, anything can happen. And I think it's um, very doable to do that. But. I think it is. Uh, Mississippi State is a is a team full of dudes. So um, I just I'm gonna lean I'm gonna lean to the to the boys of Vandy in Nashville, but it's gonna be a hell of a baseball series, an absolutely hell of a baseball series. It's gonna be very fun. We're gonna have another great weekend of college baseball. Um, that that's all we got for this week of the Road to Omaha podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you haven't already, follow the twitter at road to omaha pod and then also follow apollo at apollo h-o-u hit that hit the five-star review button just hit it right now just just touch the five-star review button right now on your iphone your android your computer wherever you're getting podcasts from apple spotify stitcher i don't care where you're getting it get this college baseball content into your ears and subscribe listen every week it's great we're we're down the home stretch. We're down the home stretch. Good baseball's coming. We're gonna bring it to you. Our our Twitter account is gonna bring you all the bombs, all the bat flips, all the strikeouts, and it's where you want to be. Look, you could be a casual fan, and that's fine. This is the fourth quarter. This is when you turn the game on. This is when you go. All right, now I'm gonna pay attention, because as we come down the stretch, we're gonna be able to help provide information. Oh. This team's playing this team, and this is the reason why. Uh, so-and-so has done this. These This team is this hot. This team is doing this. And like I said, a five-star review would help greatly. It takes 30 seconds of your day, and we love you guys. Yeah, so another great week of college baseball. Can't wait for more. We'll catch you next week. Peace.